This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Salad dressing, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. This episode is brought to you by Delta Sky Miles Platinum American Express Card. And we here on Savor are what you might call food explorers. It has been our actual job to go to cool places and eat, like, a lot of the food there. And then talk about it. And then talk about it into these microphones, which is a crazy dream job. Yes. Well, if you're like us and willing to travel to seek out new foods to try, you go with the Delta Sky Miles Platinum American Express card. It's for people like us who are in search of the next food adventure. If you travel, you know. Ready? Okay. Give me a beach. Beach. Give me great food. Tacos. Give me adventure. Hiking. Give me a date night. Sunset cruise. Give me some smiles. Cheese. Give me more beaches. Beaches. What's that spell? San Diego. If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your trip at san diego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. Hello and welcome to Savor, a production of iHeartRadio. I'm Annie Reese. And I'm Lauren Vogelbaum. And today we have an episode for you about Zimis. Yes. And I have already had many minor panic attacks oh, about no. pronunciation. Because <laughs> uh, I have seen several different pronunciations. Also, I had never heard of this until you mentioned it. And... Um, you had to spell it out for me, which I appreciated. <laughs> yep, yep, uh, yeah, because it is spelled with a T-Z or sometimes a T-S, I-M-M-E-S. Uh, and yeah, yeah, I, I've i heard out in the wild pronunciation Zimmies, but that might be, that might be just kind of goofy. Um, <laughs> I, d- I did not grow up with this dish, um, but have been introduced to it after that by various people at potlucks and uh, Jewish holidays. Yes, which that is the reason you suggested this, correct? Mm-hmm, yes, uh, because uh, as this is coming out, uh, Rosh Hashanah is upon us. To everyone celebrating, we wish you a happy and sweet new year. Um, and uh, I, I kind of meant for this episode to come out before the beginning of the holiday so that, you know, interested parties could actually listen to it before they were kind of bunkered down for holiday celebration stuff with family and whatever. But, you know, hey, it's vaguely timely. We're vaguely on time. (laughs) Lauren and Annie, vaguely on time. (laughs) Sounds about right. (laughs) Sure. Um, and uh, for a little bit of background information, you could see our episodes about carrots or honey I'm trying to think what else we've done that's relevant. Um, a, a few different things. I don't know. You have Google. You figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you do the work. Come on. I don't know what we've talked about. <laughs> oh, no, we don't. No, no idea. <laughs> you suggested a topic that was coming up, and I was I could have sworn up and down. We'd already done that. <laughs> no, guess not. 
Um, <laughs> so you let us know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> You're much more I knowledgeable. <laughs> you are. <laughs> I do have a bag of carrots I'm trying to get rid of. So maybe. Oh, I don't man. Know. I don't know. It's a lot of carrots. Oh, well. Um, <laughs> I guess that brings us to our question. Yes, <laughs> <guess> it does. <laughs> Zimis. What is it? Well, uh, Zimis can be a lot of things, but we are basically talking about a dish of uh, seasoned root vegetables and or tubers roasted or otherwise cooked uh, with a little bit of a savory element to like balance out a more pronounced and ideologically important sweet element. The vegetables can be whatever you like and have access to, um, almost always carrots, often uh, potatoes or sweet potatoes, onions, uh, turnip or parsnip, sometimes other things like squash. The seasonings can be herbal or warm or hot and spicy or whatever you like, often with a little bit of citrus juice for like a tang, yeah. Um, the savory element can be stock or schmaltz, which is chicken fat, or a little bit of meat of whatever kind. The sweet element is almost always honey, but often um, also apples or uh, dried fruit like plums, sometimes other fruit. I don't know. It's it, it's a choose-your-own-adventure kind of side dish or main dish if you have enough protein in there. Yeah. Um, served family style, usually. And the result is intended to be warm and filling and, like, balanced and comforting and nostalgic. Um, it really, like, heralds the changing seasons, yeah. Mm -hmm. It can also be a little bit cloying and mushy. Um, it's, uh, it's like, this is going to be contentious, I'm sorry. It's like the pumpkin spice latte of side dishes. Um, <laughs> it doesn't have to be bad or basic. It, it, is, it is what you make of it. I will say also... Please don't yell at me. This is just my my personal take. When I was reading about this, I got a lot of vibes from like my experience with ambrosia, mm, um, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. where one you can read like any description and none of them are even close to matching. <laughs> um, uh -huh. But two, like there were kind of two diverging paths where one of them became very sweet, mm -hmm. very like gel gelatinous. Yeah, um, yeah, very cooked down stew kind of thing. Yeah, mm -hmm. versus like a roasted pan of root vegetables. Right. Uh, so that was just for my walk of life what I was like, that kind of reminds me of ambrosia. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, another thing this might be reminding you of, if you are unfamiliar with Zimis, um, you know, like maybe the description is kind of making you go, this just sounds like a holiday casserole. Um, it is. That is what it is. Um, this is a dish made for big holiday dinners. Um, traditionally, celebrations of Rosh Hashanah, which is the Jewish New Year and the start of the uh, high holiday period, which falls like uh, September-ish every year. Uh, but the dish can also be applied to other holiday dinners um, like Passover and, you know, whatever other potluck situation you want to bring a roasted root vegetable dish to. And, okay, so... A little bit about Rosh Hashanah. As with many holidays, and perhaps especially New Year's celebrations, Rosh Hashanah has a set of symbolic food traditions attached. These foods are collectively called simanim. Heck, I think I'm saying that right. Simanim. Sure. Um, okay, let's go with that, though. Uh, okay, and one of the key elements in Rosh Hashanah foods is sweetness. 
often expressed with apples dipped in honey. That's kind of the classic. Um, maybe those foods uh, could be extrapolated out into ingredients and other dishes. Maybe you dip some challah in honey. But um, but there are a bunch of traditional foods attached here, um, differing slightly among different Jewish cultures, but can include um, a round challah bread rather than a longer loaf. Um, the heads of lamb or fish, pomegranates, dates, leeks, beets, string beans, pumpkin or other gourds, quince, and sesame seeds. Um, and a lot of these, like there are puns involved with why they're associated with the new year, surrounding like ends and beginnings um, and plenty and sweetness. Um, and also a lot of those things would be heckin' delicious in Zimus. Just saying. Just saying. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Sounds good. Yeah. <laughs> Carrots are a new tradition, um, but I mean, you know, like like if they're cut crosswise, they resemble coins and, you know, as a symbol of like wealth and plenty and stuff like that, sure. Um, and furthermore, the idea behind this dish is adaptability. Um, this dish is a vibe and you can do whatever creates that vibe for you with what you like and what you've got. Um, the kind of standard American version at this point is like carrots and sweet potatoes with honey, chicken stock, orange juice, cinnamon, and prunes or raisins or apricots. Yeah. People often stew it on the stovetop because like that's easy. Uh, but y'all, I always recommend roasting vegetables, roasting anything whenever possible. <laughs> it's just so nice. You get that crisp. Anyway. Um, mm. But yeah, uh, people can and do add anything. Um, you know, like corn and tomatoes, sure. Um, chili peppers and cilantro, yeah, you, do you. Uh, fresh ginger and pears, some pineapple in there, wine and bay leaves, um, top it with a kugel crust, bake it up with some dumplings inside, um, put some beans in or pieces of chicken or short ribs or brisket. Oh. Oh. Listeners, you've got to <laughs> let us know. <laughs> yes. Oh, yes. Please, 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 please. please. <laughs> Oh, um, well, what about the nutrition? Oh, that depends. <laughs> mm, yeah, I'm getting that vibe. <laughs> it tends to be a, a hearty stick to your ribs kind of dish. Um, and and you might you might have a lot of starch from some of those root vegetables. But, you know, yeah, it's I don't know. Drink water. Have a nice time. <laughs> <laughs> have a nice time. Yeah. Well, this one was hard to find numbers for, but you found one. Right, kind of, sort of. Okay, so, um, so for for homemade dishes like this, it's really difficult to track down. Like, like you don't really have global production numbers for Zimis. Like, that's not what's going on in the world. Mm. Um, but I can say that there are intense spikes in Google searches for Zimis every April and September, meaning every Passover and Rosh Hashanah. Um, the top five countries searching for stuff about Zimis are Israel, Ukraine, Russia. Poland and Belarus. Um, and there has been a fairly steady decline in searches over the past 20 years for the term Zimis. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. I, I found some impassioned articles about oh. uh, how other people do Zimis compared to how they think they Zimis should be done. Yeah. So <laughs> Yeah, there's 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 a lot of, I mean, like it because it it can be, I mean. It's sort of the difference between if, if you've ever had 
that dish that a very well-meaning relative brings out every holiday um, mm. that's kind of bland and mushy and like just perhaps not the um, freshest or most interesting expression of a particular <laughs> vegetable. Um, mm -hmm. And then you have it and then you have like a like a really nice like crispy roasted Brussels sprout and you're like, oh my heck, mm -hmm. this vegetable can taste like this. <laughs> right. And it like rocks your world and and that can very much be the way that this dish goes. Yeah. Yeah. And I think we've talked about that before about like where's the line between I'm just doing this dish because we always do this dish. Mm -hmm. Oh uh, yeah. Yeah. Versus I maybe no one really wants this thing. Yeah. I'm not saying that's what's going on here, but like Sure, sure. Versus similar. Right, something that you actually want to eat, which <laughs> which it can be, which it totally it, can yes. be. I got so hungry doing this research. Oh, my heck. Me too. I really, I was trying to think if I've ever had anything quite like this because I like the idea of like the chicken stock and the sweetness and the meat and the carrot. Like I like, I like the idea of this amalgamation. I'm mm -hmm. just not sure. I'm trying to envision it. I'd, um, uh, I'd liken it to like a, um, the kind of sweet potato casserole that isn't whipped, but rather has, um, like chunks of sweet potatoes in it. Okay. But, but right. Like, like left turn at Albuquerque, like to involve like brisket instead of nuts. Um, and no marshmallow topping, honey, honey instead. I don't know. Sounds good to me. <laughs> Sounds good to me. <laughs> but yes, we do have some history for you. Oh, we do. Um, and we are going to get into that as soon as we get back from a quick break for a word from our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Salad dressing, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. This episode is brought to you by Delta SkyMiles Platinum American Express Card. And we are what you might call food explorers. We are so lucky that a part of our job involves traveling and trying a lot of the food where we go to travel and then coming back here and telling all of you good listeners about it. And through that, we have discovered some amazing dishes. Sure, yes. Like, I had never understood what poke really could be, and it is delightful. It is stunningly good. Mm -hmm. Yeah, which we had a lot of on our trip to Hawaii. Uh, another thing from their passion fruit I now look for in literally every menu that I read. I'm like, yep, that one has passion fruit. Going for it. And then all of the moles, and especially the green mole that you heard us talk about recently that we had from in Las Vegas. In Vegas, yeah. Oh, or just steak basements. Who doesn't love a steak basement? Exactly. <laughs> Well, um, if you are like us and you're willing to travel to seek out new foods to try, you go with the Delta Sky Miles Platinum American Express card. It's for people who, like us, are in search of the next food adventure. If you travel, you know. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents 
a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80. Join us March 20th live from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. And we're back. Thank you, sponsor. Yes, thank you. So, yes, kind of like the numbers, uh, the history of Zemis is difficult to pin down. Mm -hmm. Um, And a lot of people trace it back to this dish having at least one root vegetable involved. Um, So if that's the definition we're working off of, uh, most historians who have looked into this believe it traces back to Jewish communities in Middle Ages Germany. It most likely included turnips, parsnips, along with some type of meat. Um, and yes, uh, some think that carrots were added around the 15th century. Which was round about when carrots became kind of common around like North and or Eastern Europe, or re-became common. Again, see our carrots episode for more on that. Oof, yeah. <laughs> and as you mentioned, Lauren, uh, because of their shape when sliced, kind of like coins, uh, they became symbolic of luck and prosperity going into the new year. Which, speaking of, yes, starting around the Middle Ages in Europe, um, all the way up to the 21st century, beyond, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> Zemis uh, became largely associated with Rosh Hashanah and the tradition of eating sweet foods to rush in a sweet new year. Another theory around the addition of carrots is that carrots were one of the few hearty, sweet-tasting vegetables in Poland and Russia. Because of that, it became the sweet aspect of this dish. Especially before uh, sugar became less expensive. Yes. Um, Or that the name for carrot in German and Yiddish means to grow or to multiply. Or like like plenty or or more, like increasing kind of concept. I'm not an expert in either of those languages. So, yeah. No. Here we are. No. Um, but people have looked into it. Yes. Uh, <laughs> and there is, in fact, a kind of deeper etymological mess around this whole dish. Yes. Um, Leah Haddad of Jewish Food Experience offers this explanation. The first known use of the Yiddish word semis is from 1892, and it is said to have originated from the German word for side dish. Which is zumis. So, yeah, you can hear that. You can hear that. Sure. Um, There's also a theory that it came from the German um, zum Essen, meaning um, to eat or for eating, um, or even that it's related to the English word simmer. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Modernly, though, um, uh, fun fun with Yiddish, um, zimis is colloquially used to mean like a fuss or commotion. So... um, so I don't know, like like you might you might like walk into a room and just things are in a little bit of chaos. And you're like, what's with all the zimis? Uh, 
<laughs> or if someone is just making like an absolute dog's breakfast of something, like you could be like, oh man, like how did you make such a zimus out of this? Like that kind of idea. <laughs> dog's breakfast. <laughs> I've never heard that. <laughs> I like it. I feel like it clearly communicates though. I know what you mean. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. I'm learning a lot. <laughs> <laughs> One of the first known written recipes of Zemis, um, or at least kind of an early version of it, came out of a 1393 non-Jewish cookbook called the Menagerie de Paris. Uh, it called for chopped gourds, carrots, and turnips sweetened with honey. Um, much, much later, in 1896, a Yiddish cookbook contained a recipe for stewing turnips with sugar and schmaltz. Which, by the way, the author recommended topping that um, with breaded and fried calf spleen. Ooh. Mm-hmm. I don't know about the spleen in particular, but that sounds very fancy. It does sound very fancy, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> a 1900 menu out of a kosher London restaurant included an item called kishka sima, <laughs> sima which had chunks of beef and beef intestines stuffed with flour, schmaltz, and spices. Mm-hmm. Uh, the uh, the the kishka portion, yes, and um, yeah, like like the the inclusion of meat in this is is interesting because like, all right, if you've ever cooked a family or holiday meal, you understand the convenience of being able to put a protein and a side in the oven at the same time. Um, this was even more pronounced before the development of the modern kitchen, you know, with, with most homes in the developed world, you know, having their own refrigeration and heating elements that work at the turn of a dial, um, or the press of a button, even, you know, dials are outdated now. Here we are. (laughs) Um, but yeah, just like meaning it was a bigger production to cook anything. And so if it works to put everything in one pan and shove that in the oven, heck yeah, do it. Um, I feel like today vegetable side dishes are considered like, why would you put meat in that mm-hmm. in American culture anyway? And I'm like, A, because it's going to it's gonna do good things for the vegetables and for the meat. That's going to be tasty. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And convenient. Yeah, you're so right. Um, because, I mean, your outdated comment stung a little bit. <laughs> oh, My sorry. kitchen is a little old and I got the old dials in the oven really doesn't work that well. Oh, so I've got to... I got to time things very particularly. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I understand the value of this yes. for sure. Yeah. I know as the new owner of a kitchen that was built in 1963, all of the appliances in which are from 1963, yes, mm. I I feel you. I, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. My oven and my range mm-hmm. are separate, um, and <laughs> only three of my burners work. Um, yeah, me too. But... <laughs> Mm-hmm. my favorite landlord thing he's ever done is one time I was like because the numbers had gotten rubbed off on the dials oh, sure, yeah. I was like can we you know fix this and his solution was he just wrote low and high <laughs> on, <laughs> wow. I was like I could do that <laughs> wow that's like so was... I got a oven thermometer and that's... yeah that's much better <laughs> Much yeah. better. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway. <laughs> yes. So as Jewish folks in Germany migrated across Europe, Zimis went with them. As potatoes were brought back from Europe, 
were brought back to Europe from the Americas. They ended up in the dish as well. But as we've been saying throughout this, over the decades, as ingredients from around the globe became more available and affordable in Europe or wherever, um, they ended up in it too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Things like pineapple, apricots, and plums, many of them symbolic in nature. And I would love for listeners to write in because I read a lot of different takes on the symbolism of yeah. these things, which I love. Um, but I would love to hear from listeners about it. Mm-hmm. Um, when Jewish people immigrated to the U.S. in the 19th century in kind of, you know, big wave, um, they introduced the country to the dish. Um, the evolution of Simis continued with the accessibility of ingredients that may have previously been unavailable or too expensive, um, meaning that more meat got added into the mix and more sugar. Um, And it really was a period of a lot of experimentation and all kinds of things got added in Mm -hmm. from lima beans to sweet potatoes. At the same time, this dish arrived in South America with Jewish immigrants um, and people adapted it to local ingredients there. Frequently sweet potatoes, corn, tomatoes, beans, carrots, peaches, often served in large squash with meat. Oh, that sounds great. Doesn't it? Yeah. All right. (laughs) Mm. Mm Mm-hmm. In the cookbook, Jewish Cookery, first published in 1949, there were almost a dozen different varieties of Simis recipes. And the Molly Goldberg cookbook out of 1955 had this quote about Simis. To define Simis would be a presumption. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> oh, oh, that's oh, that's beautiful. <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> a presumption. Yes. Yes. Well, I am very excited to hear from listeners about this one. All your different varieties, your takes, your traditions. Oh, yeah, yeah. What absolutely does and does not belong in there. Um, Yeah. mm -hmm. I did read an interesting article. I took it out because I only found this fact in one place. But it was saying like the the decline of meat in Zemis Mm -hmm. in the United States. And it was kind of decrying it but also explaining it Uh, i couldn't tell how much of it was like factual and how much it was opinion but um, (laughs) sure i thought it was interesting the because this person was very passionate yeah yeah about it yeah um but i guess that's what we have to say about zimis for now it is um we do already have some listener mail for you though and we are going to get into that as soon as we get back from one more quick break for a word from our sponsors This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Salad dressing, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. This episode is brought to you by Delta SkyMiles Platinum American Express Card. And we are what you might call food explorers. We are so lucky that a part of our job involves traveling and trying a lot of the food where we go to travel and then coming back here and telling all of you good listeners about it. And through that, we have discovered some amazing dishes. Sure, yes. Like, I had never understood what poke really could be, and it is 
delightful. It is stunningly good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which we had a lot of on our trip to Hawaii. Uh, another thing from their passion fruit I now look for in literally every menu that I read. I'm like, yep, that one has passion fruit. Going for it. And then all of the moles, and especially the green mole that you heard us talk about recently that we had from in Las Vegas. In Vegas, yeah. Oh, or just steak basements. Who doesn't love a steak basement? Exactly. <laughs> well, um, if you are like us and you're willing to travel to seek out new foods to try, you go with the Delta Sky Miles Platinum American Express card. It's for people who, like us, are in search of the next food adventure. If you travel, you know. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infinity QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. And we're back. Thank you, sponsor. Yes, thank you. And we're back with New Year. Yeah. New year. <laughs> hmm. um, <laughs> Tina or Tena wrote, I feel like we always do this question hmm. when you write in. Uh, so please remind us. Um, I remember being overjoyed when my parents got us dinosaur egg oatmeal yeah. as a special treat when I was little. <laughs> It made such an impression that it's becoming a camping breakfast tradition for my mm-hmm. own kids. I also remember the oatmeal swirlies that you could add jelly packets to, although apparently those lacked the staying power of the Quaker powerhouse products. <laughs> <laughs> when we lived in Seattle, there were blackberries everywhere. There were often herds of goats next to the roads used to control the brambles. My husband and I used to take our dog to a nearby park to pick blackberries. Our beagle, MacGyver, would sniff out the ripest berry in a clump, take it gently in his teeth, and back up until it popped free. (laughs) He probably ate as many as we picked. In his honor, we still make berry-picking hound blackberry jam when we have the chance. I'm attaching a photo of the late MacGyver in his natural disgruntled state. He did not appreciate the bunny ears. Oh, MacGyver. Oh, buddy. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> I love it. I love that you still make this jam. I bet it's delicious. Oh, yeah. Oh, and that's a that's a really good blackberry picking technique. I feel like that's better yes. than mine. So, yeah, good cook. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Go MacGyver and goats. They've yeah. got it figured out. <laughs> <laughs> also, I love this note about dinosaur egg oatmeal and sharing that with your kids. Yeah. Um, Lauren and I, we were talking about Jurassic Park before this started. Uh, Mm -hmm. I definitely was huge into dinosaurs as a kid. And I think if I, if I had had my way, there would have been a lot of this. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Oh, absolutely. Mm -hmm. No. Mm -hmm. (laughs) 
Mm. Certainly I was a sucker for marketing at the time. I mean, I still am, but you know, yeah. Yeah, that dinosaur marketing, mm-hmm. they really, they got they us. They knew, I, they knew. <laughs> they did. I have a lot of dinosaur <laughs> merchandise. Uh, yeah, why not? Why wouldn't you? Dinosaurs are cool, man. Yeah. Dinosaurs, they're great. <laughs> also scary, but good. <laughs> yes, but friends. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, Paul wrote, uh, who could have predicted two episodes in a row that I have personal experience with? First Halloumi and now Fudge. Love this podcast. Anyway, um, living in northern Michigan, Leem's Mackinac Island is just a notch in the belt for us. It's a great place for a change despite the fudgies and horse poop. Uh, no motorized vehicles allowed. I'm with you two regarding Fudge. The first bite is almost too much. Regarding tourist labels, uh, while us in northern Michigan refer to tourists as fudgies, people who live in the UP call tourists trolls uh, because the only way to get to Michigan's Upper Peninsula from this area is to cross the famous Mackinac Bridge. And what lives under bridges? You guessed it, trolls. The real story, however, is just south in Mackinac City, where there's a family that has taken over most of the town. The original members of the family have been there for decades, but when the current generation took over, they used various questionable methods to get to the point where they own most of the hotels, restaurants, and a good many souvenir shops. You may already be familiar with them from a video that went viral a few years back of a hotel clerk being extremely rude to a guest who was alerting him to her toilet leaking in the early hours of the morning. One of the best examples of the questionable practices is the website they created to purposefully mimic the official Mackinac City website. The official page is MackinawCity.com. The family's website is Mackinaw-City.com. Notice the (laughs) second website is titled Mackinac City Chamber of Tourism. Mackinac City does not have a chamber of tourism. All businesses on this site are owned by this family. (laughs) Wow. Cutthroat. (laughs) And uh, that, to employ another Yiddish term, is some chutzpah right there. (laughs) It's really, I went and visited both of them. They're definitely pulling some tricks there. (laughs) Um, I feel like in... Because I, I came from a small town who's very tourist-based, mm-hmm. and there was stuff like this that happened in our town, too. There, There is a family that has a lot of power, has bought a lot of the, like, mm-hmm. main areas. Mm-hmm. I would not be surprised. No. <laughs> All right. These tactics like this. All this small-town <laughs> drama. Huh. Ugh. Small-town drama. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> But I'm glad he wrote in. Um, yeah. This is fascinating. Yeah. Oh, it is. Because that's just such a personal, like, we wouldn't necessarily find that in a research. We didn't. Oh, uh, sure. So that's really cool. And I love the differences between what they call tourist and the the UP. My my roommate from Michigan called it the UP, but maybe she was lying to me. Oh, um, oh, oh. I, I was, I was, as I was reading that, I, I was realizing that I had no idea how to say it out loud. I've only ever seen it in print. I haven't heard it. So, um. Oh, she was the type that could have been lying to me. Um, <laughs> I loved her, but she's definitely like the most deadpan. Okay. Oh, all right. Can't read. All right. That's <laughs> so fun. listeners, let us know. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so this did remind me. 
I went on a rabbit hole of uh, Seinfeld-related food oh, uh-huh. clips, <laughs> and I found one about the Mackinac peaches, Jerry, the Mackinac peaches. <laughs> I don't know if it's related to this, but I was like, ha. Ah. <laughs> All right. Well, there you go. <laughs> Again, oh listeners, yeah, you can let, let us, us know. know. <laughs> yes. Um, well, thanks to both of these listeners for writing in. Mm-hmm. If you would like to write to us, we would love to hear from you. Our email is hello at saverpod.com. We are also on social media. You can find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at saverpod. And we do hope to hear from you. Saver is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, you can visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Thanks, as always, to our super producers, Dylan Fagan and Andrew Howard. Thanks to you for listening, and we hope that lots more good things are coming your way. This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Salad dressing, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. Infinity Presents, a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from The Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. You don't put those inside of you, do you? This is a show about women. I mean, you do? Finally, a show about women that isn't just a thinly-veiled aspirational nightmare. It's not hosted, not narrated. We're just dropping into a woman's world. I found out when my dad was gay when I was 10. We were in a convertible on the 405 freeway, listening to the B-52s. Looking back, I should have said, this is gay. This is already all gay. (laughs) Listen to Finally a Show on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.